What's going on, America? This episode of the Dear America podcast is brought to you by my friends at Black Rifle Coffee. Look, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Drink America's coffee. Stop being a sissy about it. Stop giving your money to these communist coffee organizations that spit in your face and hate everything that you stand for. Go drink America's coffee and support my friends at blackriflecoffee.com today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, what's going on, America? And welcome to the newest episode of the Dear America podcast. I hope you guys have had a fantastic week. Uh, We have been under an immense amount of uh, catch up, etc. From, you know, taking our trip all across the country. And anyway, I'm excited to bring you guys some of the latest updates. And we're going to start this episode off with a bang. Basically, what's been going on in the news, the big takeaways are uh, Newsmax has now been kicked off of uh, DirecTV and Dish. Huge versions of censorship. We're going to talk about that. Um, We're going to talk about President Trump has officially, his Facebook and Instagram have been reinstated. So President Trump is now officially on all platforms again, which is... uh, you know, never should happen in the first place. We're going to talk in depth about it. And then the biggest thing on this episode is Project Veritas is back on Twitter and they have dropped a gigantic bombshell in this whole uh, Pfizer vaccine thing. And what they have on this insider video is absolutely insane. And anything The only place you can find the video is on Twitter because Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google, all the above, they've all blocked it already within, you know, 12 hours. And so anything that big tech likes to censor in that way, I'm immediately interested in. And I think you will be interested too. Uh, But before we do that, like I said, everybody wanted us to get back to doing like crazy things of the day. So we're going to listen to this video from uh, my friends over at uh, Clown World. Uh, These are real people, ladies and gentlemen. These are real people, and our society is doomed. Here we go. Why are we not talking about how sick a 40-hour work week is? I'm so sorry. So you're telling me that I have to wake up at the butt crack of dawn every single day, go and work somewhere that has fluorescent lighting, is cold and uncomfortable for the entirety of the day, and do that five times a week? No, like, that's f-ing sick. Like, you guys are mentally ill. Like, please get diagnosed. That's our future, ladies and gentlemen. That's the future of America. Uh, young Gen Zers that believe that it is a form of tyranny to expect people to actually get your butt up 
and go to work. It is absolutely crazy to me. Now, I apologize for the profanity-laced things. I can't control what other people say. Yes, this is a Christian show, but we talk about real stuff, and you have to know what's actually going on. First of all, the whole fluorescent lighting thing, I'm not really sure what that's about. I'm pretty sure you know, these younger generations have now proven that fluorescent lighting in buildings, I guess, lead to some kind of issue of some kind. I don't, I don't really care. But, but, but the thing is, you know, some people will argue, well, maybe that she was just being satirical, blah, 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 blah. I don't think so. I, I think, I think that these insane videos that you're seeing, I think they're actually real thoughts of real people, man, because we live in such a delusional society that it's like mind blowing to them. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA of 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, Birch Gold can help you protect yourself with gold today by texting Graham to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There's zero obligation to make this request. Just text Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 right now. And I say all this to say that I've got some younger uh, nieces and nephews I got a nephew. The kid's fixing to be 17 years old. This kid ain't never had a job. This kid like has his license, but he doesn't like to drive, which seems to be a universal thing, by the way, because my older nieces, and this is nothing against them. It's just, it's just so interesting to me how things have just changed so radically. They all have their driver's license, et cetera, but, but they all hate to drive. Like, like, like that's so weird to me. Because growing up, and maybe it's because I grew up in rural uh, Mississippi, I, I don't know, but your driver's license was, that was your ticket to freedom, man. I mean, it, like you could get your learner's permit, I want to say at 14 back in the day, and then you could have your, your uh, what do they call it? Oh, your intermediate license, the, the, the license that you have to have for like six months to a year where you got to be home by 10 o'clock or whatever it is. I don't even know if they still do that anymore, but that was like 15 years old, right? So sophomore year in high school, man, we were, we were hitting the road and it was like a, if you ain't got your license, you're a loser, man. <laughs> and, and what are you doing with your life? What, what, and it, it was such a ticket to freedom. I would, I remember, I still do it to this day. This is probably why I love the drive so much. I remember the way I've always worked stuff out in my head is I would, I'd fill my Isuzu Trooper 1987 two-toned edition. 
people used to call it the African box car, my friends, because it was white on the top and it was doo-doo brown on the bottom. I mean, this thing was a piece of garbage. It's amazing that it didn't internally combust because I, I always would have to put like the the don't clog up stuff in the tank every time I filled up. I would <laughs> I would always have to do those things. Uh, the tailpipe on the back end, if I if I didn't every morning go to the back and bend that tailpipe down, it would be like <laughs> driving down the road. And uh, you know, and it was rocking 120 horsepower. <laughs> I didn't even know, I didn't even know that cars like made that little bit of horsepower. But anyway, I thought it was like my ticket to freedom, right? And 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 I would fill it up with a tank of gas and I would just drive. I would waste the entire tank of gas just driving. Um, because I it was it was such this this learning of freedom and adulthood, right? And then <clears throat> by the time I was a senior in high school, I mean, I was working two jobs. I was working at Sonic during the week. I was working at Garfield's, which is like a cheaper version of Applebee's. I don't even know if you guys know what a Garfield is. is. If you know what a Garfield's is, uh, email me, Graham at DearAmericanMedia.com so we can slap our redneck hands together. But I was working at Garfield on the weekends, and then I was in a rock band. And so we were playing gigs and stuff like that all the time. I was working my butt off all the time because I just, I don't know. There, there, there just seems to be this lack of a drive. And maybe it's because these younger generations just have so much. And man, I, I, I realize I, I sound so old right now. These younger kids, they have no idea. Blah, 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 blah. Same thing our parents and our grandparents especially said about us is you got no clue. We had to walk in the snow uphill both ways, which doesn't even make, you know, sense. How can you walk uphill both ways? That didn't even make any, either way. It's just interesting to me. So do I believe this video is real? Absolutely. I do. I believe, I believe it's real. Because that is what we're facing. We're facing younger generations that truly don't understand work ethic. Not really. I can't tell you how many people I've had a conversation with. Well, what do you want to do? Well, I want to work from home. And, you know, I don't want to work any more than 25, 30 hours a week. Okay, well, that's, that's not even a full, that's not even a full-time job. Well, how much money you want to make? Well, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay. If it's a girl I'm talking to, okay, well, how much, how much money do you think your future husband should make? Well, I want him to make at least a hundred thousand dollars a year, but I also don't want him working all the time. So he can't spend time with me, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and so I, I had a legit conversation with my niece the other day, amazing young woman. I, she, you know, I, she, all she wants is a family, right? Okay. So I was talking to her and I was like, all right, you know, if that's what you want and you want those things, then, you, you know, you want a guy that's financially secure, right? Because Alyssa married me when I was 22 years old. Yeah. I'd been in the military for four years at that point. I'd been to war twice, but as far as like making money and had my life figured out, I was nowhere close. Right. So, you know, people get married at different stages in life, but I am a proponent for getting married young. I think you should get married young. I, I really, really, really do. Because when you get married young, you are investing 
especially with the men, right? Because because women mature a lot faster than guys. The women are screaming amen in the car, and the men are going, hold up, wait a minute. But it's true, all right? Women, women for the most part, mature faster than us guys. And when you get married young, the women are like it, truly investing in the potential of you, right? Like you have characteristics that say, I'm a hard worker. Yeah, I'm broke right now or not broke, but <clears throat> you know, I, I mean, we're living paycheck to paycheck right now, but I'm going to figure this thing out. Well, that was Alyssa with me. Yeah, I had a good job with the military, but anybody that's in the military knows if you're an E3, E4 in the military, we had kids really young too. You know, we had two kids by 25. It's not a lot of money. It's not what people think that it is, but when you get married young, you invest in the future with that person. And, 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 and in my personal opinion, yeah, there's a lot of challenges with getting married young, but there's a lot of challenges with getting married, period. When you get married young, you have the opportunity to grow together, have children, grow to learn to be a selfless individual and adult together. And, and it just, in my opinion, it makes you a better person. People that get married later on in life, in their late 30s, et cetera, A, you have spent the first third of your life becoming a selfish individual. And some people will get upset. It's like, I'm not selfish. Well, if you've never had children, you don't know what it means to not truly be selfish because kids make you selfless really quick. And that translates into marriage because marriage ain't all about you. I have so many friends that are still not married that I talk to all the time. And the biggest thing I tell them is like, dude, or chick, you got to get out of your head, man. Like, like you are analyzing this thing way too much. I'm not saying be irresponsible with who you marry, but good Lord, man, you either feel it or you don't. I mean, <laughs> you know, that there's either love is the thing that gets you to take that ultimate commitment, right? Love is that blinding honeymoon face that gets you to sign that lifelong contract, right? You, I'm stuck with you and you're stuck with me until one of us dies, right? <laughs> like, like that's the thing outside of obvious before I get the stupid emails of abuse or going to prison or, you know, multiple, <laughs> what, what word did Alyssa say? That wasn't a word, but it was hilarious. Uh, serial affairist, right? <laughs> like multiple upon multiple acts of transgression and adultery and things like that. Obviously barring those kind of things. Uh, I mean, you're in this thing for life, right? Like, and, and, and I just, I'm not the type kind of person that believes that, you know, once a liar, always a liar, once a cheater, always a cheater. I don't believe that because that's limiting what God is able to do in people. I mean, when you look at the radical transformation that God has in people's lives, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that people, if they seek change and they seek forgiveness from God and and their spouse or or their children or whoever, I I I just I do not believe that people cannot become better. And I do not believe that people cannot be radically transformed by Christ. And I do not believe that people just one day with Jesus can't just 
change just like that. I've, I've seen it too many times in my own life with too many people. I don't believe that. I, I, I know this to not be true. And, and so I think a lot of times, yes, it hurts. Yes, it's painful. But I think a lot of times people say, well, once a liar, always a liar. Once a criminal, always a criminal. Once a cheater, always a cheater. I, I think that is a crutch people use to not have to deal with the pain in the commitment that they signed up for good or bad, right? Like that's in the vows for better or for worse, right? Well, if your spouse becomes a criminal, that's worse. If your spouse gets addicted to some kind of drugs or medication, that's worse, right? If your spouse cheats, that's worse, right? Like I just, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't agree as painful and as horrible as it is. I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole point. Anyway, back, to, back to it. I think you should get married young. And I was talking to my niece and, you know, she was like, well, I'd like you to make, you know, preferably six figures. I'd like him to be home with me uh, because, yeah, I don't want a marriage where I'm alone all the time, raising the kids by myself. And I never see my husband. And I just kind of looked at her for a minute and, and I was very respectful about it. But, but I just, I said, I said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that you're looking for someone in your age group. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you're 25. I was like, if you marry someone that's 22 to 27, right? Like, like, like that's a pretty reasonable age gap, you know, that, or, or let's go 23 to 27. That's, that's two years younger, two years older. Right. I didn't start really making money until my thirties. And even in my early thirties, I mean, Alyssa will tell you, like I was, I was working <laughs> three weeks out of the month, not home, like gone uh, at conferences. And when I say gone for the week, I mean the whole week, like, like 21 days out of the month, I'm gone. And then when I'm home, I'm working 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, just because, I mean, you're grinding, man. You're hustling, right? Like your mid-20s to, to, to 40 is when, I mean, you, you, are, you are punching it in every single day. So by the time you are 40, hopefully you've got it figured out a little bit where you can chill out some. And then that, you know, and then, and then you're setting up for, if you really want to be, you know, in a good place where you can retire by 45, 50, do you realize that if you can do that, you have accomplished what 99.9% .9 of Americans never will. If you can, if you can retire. And when I say retire, I don't think anybody at 45 is going to be like, okay, I'm officially done. I'm not going to do anything. But I mean, when you're financially secure to the point where if you don't want to do anything, you don't have to do anything at 45 to 50, you have kicked life's butt, man. But I was explaining to her, I was like, I was like, you're, you can't penalize somebody that's 25 years old that is trying to figure it out. 25 years old is when you do work 80 hours a week, every single day, 12 hours a day, minimum all the time. If they work a shift job, they take up a second shift. And then if they can, a third shift and they work during the holidays and they do this because that is what the reality is of setting it up for a life of not having to worry about bills across the board. And it's just interesting to me that we have lost, we've lost that, like, like we've lost that translation and work ethic is now confused 
as, I don't know, like this bad thing, because everybody wants to spend more time with each other. I guess because they just assume that mommy or daddy or the government or somebody's going to, you know, pay for the bills, even if they can't pay for the bills because they don't go to work. And I don't know. It's interesting to me. And so that video was very telling to me. And I absolutely believe it to be true. All right. Newsmax. Uh, Newsmax has been dealt a major blow. Christopher Ruddy, good friend of mine, the CEO of Newsmax, blasted decisions by DirecTV and AT&T as a blatant act of political discrimination and censorship. Let's see what Breitbart has to say about this here, DirecTV, the video programming platform owned by AT&T, suspended service to Newsmax today, cutting the conservative cable off from millions of American households. Christopher Ruddy, CEO of Newsmax, blasted the decision as blatant act of political discrimination and censorship. AT&T said it made the decision for cost-cutting reasons, despite paying out massive sums in cable licensing fees to leftist channels with lower ratings. AT&T claimed in a statement that Newsmax is available to watch for free on both YouTube and NewsmaxTV.com. I mean, we're in a war, people. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think that I need to tell you that. We've been in this censorship war for a long time. At first, it was OAN, One America News Network, um, that got booted off. And now it's Newsmax that got booted off. That's going to affect a lot of things. I, I mean, that's going to kill millions of dollars in revenue to Newsmax, which means they're probably going to have to have budget cuts and employee cuts. And some of your favorite uh, hosts and conservative commentators on Newsmax are probably going to have to be let go. This is how they win. They win by cutting off the money flow. And um, because that's all they've got now. Censorship, yeah, you can call it censorship, but what it really is is it's cutting off, it's cutting off the lifeblood, the 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 financial supply to keep going, and that's how they beat us. They beat us by strangling the money to where we can no longer continue to do what we do, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, on a win, though, I mean, we'll see how long it lasts. Just like Twitter reinstated President Trump's account, now Facebook and Instagram have both said that they're going to reinstate the president's accounts, which they have. They're both back up there. The question is, when will President Trump uh, return, make his triumphant return to social media? Well, a lot of people say that it's kind of a double-edged sword because if he returns to, tr to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, it's pretty much killing truth social. I agree. Uh, True Social is not what people thought it would be. In my opinion, it is a horrific failure in almost every regard. I mean, you hardly hear anything <laughs> about True Social ever. And to be blunt, it's a humongous failure because Trump hasn't been able to use his other socials to push Truth Social. Just the way it is. Um, anyway, so I'm excited about it. I kind of still want some answers on, at the end of the day, who made the decisions to pull the plug on the sitting U.S. president's um, social media accounts in the first place. But, you know, I digress, and I'm looking forward to uh, President Trump coming back because that's the way it should have been in the first place. Now, coming up now, I'm going to play this undercover Project Veritas video. Now, to be perfectly blunt, this video is long, 
and we're going to be listening to it together. But in this video, a Pfizer representative or employee talks about the fact that Pfizer is working on, and I haven't listened to it yet, I've just seen like, like the, 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 the captions, working on or considering working on mutating the COVID-19 virus into a more deadlier virus so they can, <clears throat> in quotations, come up with a new vaccine, right? Just absolutely shocking stuff. And speaking of COVID-19, um, I want to say my prayers to Diamond and her family from Diamond and Silk passed away from a heart attack. Another person from a heart attack. We just had a Fox News executive pass away from a heart attack. Damar Hamlin. I'm going to say this. I'm not completely jumping on the conspiracy theory train yet with Damar Hamlin, but something was weird about the game on Sunday to me. I mean, I mean, the, so, something was really strange. You know, they claim that Damar Hamlin is having to be on oxygen. They claim all this stuff, but yet at the game, he's completely covered up with a mask, with sunglasses on and a hoodie over his head. I, I, I don't know. Some, something was really weird about that. And, and so, you know, a lot of people are like, Damar Hamlin's dead. That's not, you know, that's not a real... That's not really him. I, I don't know if that's it, but but I'm wondering if he's much, much, much worse off than they want us to see. I don't know. At some point, Damar Hamlin's going to have to say something. Like if he's really okay, he's going to have to talk. You know what I mean? Like like, like at some point, because something something weird's going on, man. And, and now with this Pfizer thing, uh, with Project Veritas, it's going to be even so. So again. For those of you listening, listen very closely. This is an undercover video, but I feel like we all need to listen to it because, yeah, I mean, it's it's just taking over Twitter right now and it's being banned everywhere else. So, you know, there's at least some truth to it. So here we go on the Dear America podcast. We bring you the truth. Here we go. Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone this story. You probably should tell anyone. You probably should tell anyone. We're exploring, like, now, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like, you know, it's goes everywhere. Something crazy. It's the way that the virus started and moved on. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. Meet Jordan Tristan Walker, a director of research and development strategic operations and mRNA scientific planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this. It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. So directed evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do gain of function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do like these like selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks. Just like Jesus Christ. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all. Okay. Door for all government officials 
it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators, so if the people have drugs, know that once they stop being a regulator, they want to go work for the company, they're not going to be as hard for the company. You know, we're as well. If this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global public health, it's profoundly corrupt. What is Pfizer doing, I guess, to optimize, you know, the vaccines now? Oh, we actually have a meeting about that today, so there's a lot. Really? They're doing, uh, I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> <laughs> Our undercover journalist asked Walker how Pfizer is handling the fact that their COVID vaccines are ineffective against virus variants. What he said is disturbing. Listen to this. We're exploring, like, now, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can predictably develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. we're like, do we want to do this? <laughs> so that's, like, one of the things we're considering. Okay. So, like, the future, like, maybe we can, like, create new versions of the vaccines and things like that. Okay, so Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. That's why it was, an, it was a thought that came up in a meeting, and we were like, why, why do we not? It was like, we're going to consider that with more discussions. Okay. Not exactly, actually, right? We're like, wait a minute. Like, people won't like that. That's right. It appears that Pfizer is internally discussing the possibility of mutating the COVID virus themselves in order to tailor a vaccine to sell to the public. Listen to Walker describe in detail just how they would conduct such a scientific experiment. First, in living animals. So the way that we're thinking about it, like, don't tell anyone this. You got to publish your own You got to publish your own So um, the way it would work is like we put them in the virus in these monkeys. Okay. And then we successively like cause them to keep infecting each other. And we collect serial samples from them. And then the ones that are more infectious, like the virus, we'll put them in another monkey and just constantly actively mutate it. That's one way. Okay. Or you can even do like directed like simulation, which like we and then you just sample what the different like um, like uh, proteins on the surface of the virus look like over time. Okay. So then you can see the mutation. And you can kind of force it to mutate in a certain way you want. Okay. But you have to be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like you know goes everywhere. Something Which crazy. Is the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like yeah, I know. COVID virus experimentation on live monkeys. This is unethical, to say the least, and Walker describes those experiments as if they are ongoing and not simply a hypothetical discussion. So, I mean, when is Pfizer going to implement the mutation of all these viruses? I don't know. It depends on how the experiments work out, because this is just like something we're trying, right? It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, there's... It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, directed evolution is very different. <laughs> Direct evolution? Directed evolution. Directed evolution, okay. <laughs> well, so, I mean, is that what it is? Maybe, I... I... <laughs>
<laughs> well, you're not supposed to do game function research of the viruses, like yeah. they recommend not. But you do like these like selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's gonna work. There might not be any more outbreaks because like Jesus Christ. So, um, tell me more, like, what's developing with the whole you know virus mutation process? Mm-hmm. Well, they're still kind of conducting the experiments on it, but. Uh, it seems like from what I've heard they're kind of optimizing it, but it's growing slow because everyone's very cautious. Like, you know, right. obviously don't want to kind of accelerate it too much. Yeah. Um, but I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're trying to figure out future mutation. Okay, so did that, did the whole virus mutation thing like come from your executive, Sarah? No, 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 that came from like, we have like chief scientific officers in like the other divisions. In a subsequent meeting, our undercover journalist asked if this type of gain of function research is already being studied at Pfizer. But no, as long as it's called directed evolution, Pfizer's in the clear. What, what's the goal for, well, for Pfizer of doing that? So probably what they want to do is like to try to figure out, to some extent, try to figure out like, you know, there's all these new strains of variants that just pop up. Why don't we try to like catch them before they pop up in nature and we can develop a vaccine prophylactic for like new variants. Yeah. So that's why they're thinking like if you do it control in the lab, then we say, oh, this is a new epitope. And so then if it comes out later on, like in the public, we already have a vaccine kind of working on it. Oh my god, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that the, like the best business model though? Like, just control nature before nature even happens itself, right? Yeah, yeah. If it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? Because like some of the times there were just mutations that pop up, right? And they were not prepared for it, like with Delta or Omicron, right? And things like that. So. Who knows? I mean, either way, it's gonna be a cash cow. COVID will probably be a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Like, yeah. I obviously like. <laughs> well, I think the whole, you know, I think the whole like research of the viruses and mutating it like would be the ultimate like cash cow. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Now you would think that creating viruses to sell the vaccine would be illegal, but no, the pharmaceutical industry, as Walker puts it, is quote a revolving door for all government officials, unquote. Okay. A revolving door for all government officials? Wow. Yeah, for any industry though. So like, in the pharma industry, all the government uh, officials who like, you know, review our drugs, mostly yeah. they come work for pharma companies. Like the military, like all the like army and defense, like government officials eventually go work for the defense company afterwards. Yeah. How do you feel about that revolving door? Like, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being a regulator, they want to come work for the company, then I got to be as hard as I'm talking about. You know, we're getting their job. Right. We talked to Dr. Robert Malone, physician, scientist, and author, to get his take on the comments made by Jordan Walker. You're gaining function. You're creating a new function in virus one by adding elements from virus two, infecting one monkey and then another monkey. That's called serial passage. That appears to have been one of the technologies deployed in the Wuhan Institute of Virology with the humanized mouse strains that I believe were obtained from uh, EcoHealth Alliance. That's an example of directed evolution. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all about what he's doing. The hubris and arrogance and immaturity. If this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global public health with such a casual disregard for the human toll, it's profoundly corrupt in terms of would it be feasible 
for Pfizer to circumvent international or national law, I think that is undeniable. And the gentleman in your investigative work has clearly indicated that Pfizer believes that it has successfully captured the regulatory apparatus of the United States government and presumably worldwide. Pfizer has completed regulatory capture, is quite proud of it. With governments turning a blind eye and Pfizer hiding information from the public, this is an ongoing story. Be brave, do something, spread these videos, and stay tuned. Wow. I think we're going to leave it with that. I mean, if you still do not believe that big tech is involved, or excuse me, big pharma and big tech are involved in this money-making cash cow, as that person described it for these vaccines that are killing people, by the way, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, That's all we have for this episode of the Dear America podcast. If you did take the vaccine, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to keep saying this for a long time now. If you took the vaccine, please make an appointment with a cardiologist. Please make an appointment with your primary care physician. Get yourself checked out immediately. I believe that these people that are falling out is going to continue. It's going to get worse. And don't let your family, don't let yourself become a victim of the lies that they spread to us. God bless you guys, and we'll see you all again next time.